This is a download from the Wireless Theatre Company. Delete by Nina Milnes. Community service. They want to bridge the gap between the generations by getting the youth to pass on their technical knowledge to the elderly. Now, I can't do anything flash, I'm not a neek or nothing, but I did fix my auntie's DVD player once, so they send me out to the big bad streets of Barnes. It's like a village in a city. It's only a 10 minute bus ride from where I live, but it's different. So I rock up to this house and I shit you not, it's actually from the Tudor times. Her front garden is bigger than my entire flat. I ring the doorbell and she opens the door, smiling. You must be Tanya. Hello, I say in my mum's best phone voice. Do come in. There was this magazine at the doctor's called Country Life. I'm pretty sure this exact house was in it. Flowers everywhere. In vases, on the walls, pictures of flowers on the flowery wallpaper. I can smell them. I can taste them. Tea? Please. And I shit you not, she actually brings a tray with a teapot on it. A teapot! Last time I saw one of those was on EastEnders in the 90s. Oh. She is gorgeous. Such a wonderful mix that makes her look like she's got a tan the whole year through. What I wouldn't give for a complexion like that. I tell her about my work in the 60s, how we reached out to our sisters across race and class to further the cause. I nod and take another biscuit. I ask her about her heritage and tell her I have molasses if she prefers that to sugar. I just keep chewing my biscuit. Her hair is effortlessly curly. It smells of coconut and something else deliciously exotic. Do you know, I once went to the Notting Hill Carnival and I make a mean rum punch. Okay, uh, so where's this computer of yours then? Uh, Righto, I'll just grab it from the study. My son, Alex, gave it to me. Well, it was a sort of hand-me-down when he moved to Australia. She swears when she opens the box. I laugh loud and add a fuck to my next sentence. Apparently, it's a good one. Uh, 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 something, um, Macberry Pro Cloud. Sounds like a strange fruit salad to me. Before I can say Bob Marley, she's managed to switch it on. It makes her sound like the gates of heaven opening and a multicolored mini beach ball begins to spin in the middle of the screen. How fucking wonderful. Thankfully, she shuts up once we get the laptop going. I show her how to set up her username and password. She gets all excited about picking a password. Oh, Socrates, um, Tartan, Charisma? I give her the online safety talk and we add a couple of numbers to it. Charisma 49. I was meant to go through all the word processing stuff like how to print a document, save it, but she's not having any of it. The internet, she says. The internet's the thing. Fine by me, I say, and I get her to click on the icon at the bottom of the screen. Her Wi-Fi is already set up thanks to her son, so we make all the passwords Charisma 49 and then we go on a safari. So, we're gonna need a photo of you 
Oh, yes. Uh, let's take some selfies. Right, OK. How about this? Yeah, maybe relax a bit. OK, let's check it out and just be yourself. Oh, we could just use that. Oh, the one on the mantelpiece. That's one of my artistic shots from the dramatic days. It's black and white with moody shadows so that you can just make out half of my face. God, what cheekbones I had. I haven't told Arthur this, but it was actually taken by an ex-lover of mine, an eccentric young heir to a large fortune who lived in a squat in Notting Hill and attempted to make it as an artist. He said the whole world hung on my cheekbones. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they'll say anything to get into your knickers. So I take a photo of the photo, upload it, set up Skype, get her a Facebook page for a laugh, and then ask her what she wants to look up. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. OK, well, how about tea? Tea, yes, wonderful. So she types in tea. She actually spells it as she types it. Tea. And she looks e up at the screen in between a. each letter. Enter. I get her to click on Wikipedia and she almost loses it. She goes into a bit of a trance, oh. trying to take it all in and makes these weird sounds. Oh. 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 So I save her from the wiki-shaped dark hole and get her to type in teapots and then click on images. Endless. Endless. The John Lewis catalogue isn't a batch on this here internet. Picture upon picture of every teapot imaginable. Who took the time to put all these up? OK, keep breathing. I type in interior design and we find a random video on YouTube and click play. Jasmine J. Woman, wife, mother, blogger. Hi there. If you're anything like me, then you're busy, multitasking, driven, but accessorised. You want your home to reflect the unique style you have cultivated over years. Not just some image from some magazine, but lots of images from lots of magazines put together. Sound familiar? You're in the right place. And don't worry if you're not sure yet what your style really is. Vintage, modern, vintage modern. We'll figure it out together. Oh, she's brilliant. What a mind. What a knob. She looks exhausted and wired, like she's had too many coffees. So I suggest we call it a day. I'm sorry. What? I said, I think that's enough for one day. Oh, but there's so much to... Look, take it easy, yeah? Give your eyes a break and your brain. Make another cuppa. Yes. I'll, um, see myself out, shall I? Same time next week? Good. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 just one moment. I, I, I just want to... Oh, oh, gosh. <laughs> Thanks ever so much for coming. You've been such a help. See you next week. I rush to the door and call after her, but she's already gone. Oh, dear. I close the door and stare across the hallway to the dining table. Screen has changed. There are no words or images, but a series of colours changing and merging into each other. I stand and watch as every colour of the spectrum slowly blends in and then warps into the next. Not sure how long I was there for. But then I start. 
walk up to the thing and snap it shut. Quite enough of that. I walk back to the bus stop through tree-lined streets with rows and rows of perfect front gardens. The old housewife bustling about with actual sun hats and proper gardening gloves. They all seem to be smiling, permanently, at no one in particular. Lovely, clear, well-bred skin. Good hair that just needs a brush run through it and off you go. I have to spend half an hour every morning heaping products and heat onto my bonnet just so I don't leave the flat looking like a skank. The bus doesn't take long, and soon I'm back on the estate. Nod to old Agnes sitting on the bench outside the shop and up the stairs to number eight. I open the door. Rob's sitting on the sofa. He stretches. I was about to put the dinner on. Beat you to it. I curl up on the sofa and he pulls me to him. I give myself a moment and then I'm up again. In the kitchen, I set up the laptop and type Oprah Super Soul Channel. Today, she's interviewing a woman who shaved all her hair off and became a Buddhist monk because her fella left her. Salute, Marita. Salute, Maritos. 6.35 Greenwich Mean Time and the winds are fair. Arthur arrives home after a busy day at the office. Shoes off, tie loosed, and a pre-dinner tipple poured over ice. How fares it with you, Marita? Well, this ancient bag of bones is now online. Is she indeed? Miracle of miracles. Ad salutem. How was your community service person? Oh, just lovely. Lovely, so lovely. <laughs> and how fare it on the open sea today? Tip-top, ship-shape. Bit of a crick in the old shoulder, but nothing an old-fashioned and a belly full of your home-cooked finest won't put right. Right. Well, we'll be served and on. The weekend was largely spent scraping a sliver off the Everest of paperwork. Well, I at least organised it into neat chronological piles and then poured myself a large glass of wine and logged on. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Sarah is currently making tea and is located in her lovely flat. I've been poked by three different people in just 24 hours. And Nita is still on the sodding bus, so that's good to know. Sunday afternoon, I had a cup of tea with Vicky and updated her on her son's parole date. Then a quick scan of Guardian Angels before my Tinder date tonight, trimmed and plucked my bits and gave my profile a good airing. I was late. He was waiting at the table. Cute. Very cute. I'd looked him up beforehand and noticed the slightly horsey brunette had stopped appearing in his photos around May. He also graduated Felton College in 2006. It was going pretty well until I mentioned that we'd been single roughly the same amount of time. He looked at me as if I was some kind of stalker, so I reassured him by saying I had a cousin in Felton, so we probably knew a few people in common and then slipped in my love for all things rugby <laughs> before he managed to tell me that he played rugby or went to Felton. He left soon after. 
So, I Snapchat Simon, or as I like to call him, Plan B. He's over within the hour and I Spotify chilled vibes and we get down to some seriously average heavy petting. Monday hurts. I'm over at Tanya's first thing. She's got healing life affirmations on YouTube loop. But her coffee's strong. I was there till well into the afternoon. All she wanted to do was look at teapots and curtain fabric. Did you give her the online safety talk? Well, yeah, but I'd already lost her to all things Paisley. <laughs> Have you been to any meetings? Three last week. Uh, they signed my paper. Angela says you've been on time for her sessions. She's got a rod stuck up her ass, that one. But to be fair, she knows her stuff. She's got me into mindfulness. How are you finding that? Yeah, all right. I can focus on my breathing for a bit, as long as Rob's not dry-humping my leg. How are you feeling? Karma, bit edgy, tense around my throat. Wednesday comes around quick. After morning meditation, I only just have time to do my affirmations before I rush out back to the Shire. Today, she wants to Skype her son in Australia. Alex, can you hear me? Now, I'm going to Skype you, darling. Yes, Skype. So, Tanny's getting things set up on this side. Now, you have to accept my friend request when it comes through. I'm the one called Patricia Mum, okay? Can you see it? You can? Oh, fabulous. Okay, so, she's dialing. So, I'm going to hang up now, okay? Okay, bye, bye, bye. She rushes over to her armchair and sits in it sideways like the queen, straightening out her top and zhuzhing her hair. Goodness, it's all happening so fast. I hardly have time to... Hello? Hello, Alex. Is that you? Oh, I can see you. I can see him. Tanya, come over here. Alex, this is Tanya. Hi. I let them get on with it and wander over to the bookshelf. She's got a lot of books. There's a colourful mask that says Venice across it, a postcard, and a fit-looking old-school camera laid out just so in front of the books. It's silver metal and dark grey with a lens you have to focus manually. Looks like it weighs a bit. When they're done, she insists I come back and wave goodbye. Come here, Tanya. Oh, come on. You're practically family now. Uh... Bye, Alex. Nice to meet you. Bye, darling. Bye, bye, bye. Well, I never. Australia. Now, let's get serious. The church fundraiser is in exactly two weeks' time, and for the last two years running, Sherry Wilkinson has created quite a fuss with her lime cheesecake. I don't know what she puts in it, but it's fucking good. Now, before she came along, my cakes had been the toast of the fate for years. I want my title back and I want you to help me. She had a glint in her eye I'd only ever seen in bare-knuckle fistfighters. OK, well, um, I suppose we could get you chatting to some foodies and see if they've got any tips. So? We sign her up to Bake Talk and the Macaroon Chat Room and she starts making those weird noises again. Oh, 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 oh! 
Look at this! Ha ha ha! Sherry Wilkinson, put that in your truffle-infused chilli oil and smoke it. How about photography? What? Photography. You're not up for blogging. I'm not writing anything. OK, fine. So, how about photography? I haven't got a camera. Have you got a phone? Yeah, but it's knackered. I'm doing upgrades. Right. Well, let's sort you out with a new phone and get you on Instagram. So, I get my new phone, join Instagram and start doing photography. I take some pretty nifty shots if I do say so myself. My counsellor Angela gets all excited and signs me up to some competition called hashtag mylondon.com. There's some cheesy crap on there. Steaming cups of coffee shot from above, perfectly off-centre. Could be bloody anywhere. What's that got to do with London? Endless shots of endless graffiti versions of Amy Winehouse. Close-ups of brick. Beards. I take some shots of Patricia Street, but it does not look like London. On the way back, I get a pretty good one of the bus headlights in the rain. Poppy seeds. This season's essential ingredient. Those tiny little buggers that exist purely to get stuck between your teeth and get you high 1920s style are the new superfood. And I am about to work some magic with them. I open a new tab and the Google logo winks at me. Oh, you flirt. I start to type in poppy seeds. But that clever little thing is five steps ahead. And no sooner have I typed in Poppy than all sorts of helpful suggestions come up. Top of the list, Poppy Miller. It all happens, so I click on something and suddenly a neat row of articles appears on the page. And at the very top, a row of photos. I remember the story. He took me to a pub on the Old Kent Road. Apparently it's the new frontier. A strange mix of young men with perfectly quaffed beards sipping old men's ale and old men with beards sipping ale, slightly confused at this new youthful invasion and the implications it might have on the price of their pint. <laughs> I had a mountain of paperwork, cystitis and a wedgie, but it was worth it just to be at the same table as Joe's beard. Joe has a beard and is growing his hair so he can do a top knot. He hopes by September. I want to kiss him in his beard. I want to snog his beard with tongues. His beard is a thing of perfection and I want to make sweet love to it. <laughs> he gets around in, two pints of ale, and I follow his lead, sipping appreciatively, swilling it around and holding it up to the light. A good body, apparently. The beer, not me. Now, I can't drink pints, but I do five of them, and I start touching his beard more and more, stroking it across the table. At one point, he flinches. He offers to walk me to the tube, puts a friendly arm around me, so I slip my hand in his back pocket. Except it's not his back pocket. I have inadvertently shoved my hand down Joe's trousers and now have a handful of bare arse. We both freeze. 
In my drunken haze, I decide that the absolute best course of action is to keep my hand there and carry on as if nothing's happening. I gently apply pressure to Joe's right arse cheek, just enough for him to start walking. We take in the night, talk pint prices and our favourite live concerts. Then we arrive at the station and I remove my hand from Joe's bum. He doesn't call. It's true. It's all true. It was in the paper. They're closing the case because of... But they're saying it's linked to a much bigger thing. Apparently there is a class of people who are above the law. So above the law that a little girl can be used in the most horrific... And no one will ever be... Endless stalling. Firing of one investigator, then another. What did we march for? What did we fight and dedicate our... Justice for all. All of us, however poor, however female, or gay, or black, or small, she will not be forgotten. They can't just sweep this under the... Distract us with another story. This is huge. We must organise. There used to be marches and groups and petitions. Now, where do I find... Tanya would know. Help, Help find, find Poppy, Poppy Miller. Miller. Ah, 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 here. here. Justice, Justice for Poppy. Poppy. Right. right. Hello, Hello, I would like to offer my services to your campaign. How can I help? Barnes looks even more like a painting in the rain. The grey sky that makes my estate look like the Cold War actually makes the tree-lined street and front gardens look even more... perfect. I'll take some shots. Effortless. But not London. She's angry. And confused. She opens the door halfway through a sentence she doesn't even finish. We're organising a protest, and we're sending letters too. Well, emails. We're taking shifts and bombarding their inboxes with, oh, it's so good to be doing something again, really fucking doing something. All right, okay. This is great. It's really something. Let's just slow down a sec. Okay. Okay. So, what's this group? We're campaigning for justice for Poppy Miller. But not just her, for everyone like her, for all those girls. Oh, it's wonderful, Tanya. So dynamic. And people from all over, just sick of it. And we're organising. We've got a petition and we've allocated tasks and we're taking action. Okay. well, let's just make sure you're nice and safe, yeah? What do you mean? You shouldn't be using your own name for all this. What? Of course I am. I'm proud to be a part of this. No, of course you are, but it's really important we give you another identity for all this online business. I don't understand. Um, okay. Well, see it as your protest name. That part of you that's woken up again, that wants to take action, action that might get you into a bit of... Yes, yes, yes. Charisma. Charisma 49. No, that's already your password for everything. Right, right. Disgruntled from Barnes? Mm, Doesn't really have the right... Think a bit punchier. Anonymous. That's already taken. Really? Yep. Oh, fuck it. Just fuck off. Just fuck off. All right, there's no need for... Fuck 
off. Calm down. No, I mean, fuck off. Again? Can I be fucked off? Well, that's certainly punchier and pretty accurate. That's the one. So, we set her up as fucked off. She chooses a picture of Beyonce holding two middle fingers up as her icon. I'm secretly impressed. She's got a fire in her belly. I leave her still typing away and head back. Old Agnes is still out, in her usual spot. I take a couple of shots. You want my autograph and all? <laughs> no, you're right, Agnes. Rob's on the sofa. He smiles, stretches, drapes an arm over the empty half. I head over. A good day. I let myself sit a bit longer. It's warm. And he smells good. Then up and into the kitchen. Soul Channel's doing a whole hour with Robin Greatly, life coach to the stars. Her teeth are so bright, I can't look directly at them. But she starts with a bang and keeps going. From the pond to the ocean? If charismatic and dynamic aren't automatic, then that's problematic. Next morning, I'm sat in Patricia's living room, drinking tea out of a teapot and listening to folk music. Tanya's been so helpful. I like to think we've struck up a bit of a friendship, actually. I'm pleased to hear that. Has she been on time? Stuck to the arrangements? Oh, yes. Yes. Well, in fact, she's gone above and beyond. Oh, right. How so? Well, she has quite a knack with things. She rewired the TV and set up my phone with all these fabulous new apps. <laughs> I turned myself into a squirrel the other day. <laughs> Remarkable. But it, it's not just that. There's just something about her. She comes in here with so much spark. Can I ask, how's she doing generally? I, I'm not asking for any specifics, you understand, but she's done so much. How is she? Good. Sticking to the programme and changing old behaviour. She is very good with technology. I'm trying to convince her to do an IT course, but she doesn't want to do any of the writing. She started a photography course. Oh, that's just super. That really is quite wonderful. Photography, eh? Angela, my counsellor, is happy with my progress. Says I'm self-actualising. I celebrate with a Krispy Kreme and then head to my Monday night meeting. I like this group. Small and cosy and you get free tea and biscuits. Hi, my name's Tanya. Hi, Hello, Tanya. Tanya. And today I'm feeling creative, happy and self-actualised. Rob's meeting finishes half an hour before mine, so he waits outside. His meeting is big and intense. Fellows trying to make it through the day, hour, minute. Some stubbly-faced old-timers stiff with gout and regret, talking surprisingly tenderly about their feelings. Some younger, still fighting that battle. Edgy, itchy, but there. Fucked off is mobilising. I wake up before the alarm and get going with the messages. Six of us 
spamming the Right Honourable Patrick Mackenzie's email, Twitter and Facebook. I giggle as I imagine him logging in, bleary-eyed, to hundreds of messages, all with Poppy's name and picture. Her sweet, sweet face burned into his sensitive morning retinas before he's even had his first cup of organic, extra silky, put-it-on-the-expenses morning coffee. Goodness. Up before first light, quite right. Morning, Arthur. And <clears throat> a good morrow to thee, my fine wench. I'll put the kettle on, shall I? Right you are. Have we got it? No, don't worry. I'll have a rummage. It only seemed a moment. But then the front door closes and I start. Next to me, a plate of toast. The marmalade and butter placed neatly next to it. A pot of tea. Good morning, Patrick. Can I call you Patrick? Of course I can. I can call you whatever the fuck I want, because I pay you. How was your first coffee of the day? Do you ever wonder what Poppy would have had for breakfast? If anyone would have remembered. How hungry she must have been. How terrified. Maybe you know exactly what Poppy had for breakfast. Maybe you and your twisted ring of psychopath cronies are experts in all things six years old. I ring the bell a couple of times and she finally opens the door a crack, looking proper edgy. Then she recognises me and lets me in. Oh, that's right, of course. Come in. How wonderful. I'll put the kettle on. The house is perfect as ever, but there's a tiredness to her that makes me want to catch her and switch her off for a bit. I uh, uh, took some photos. Yes? Just on the phone, just trying stuff out. Oh, oh, well, let's have a look. I show her the bus in the rain, the swans and old Agnes. These are quite beautiful. You do have a gift for composition. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Oh, really? Quite something. <laughs> I must show you more of my modelling shots. Did I tell you about the ex-lover of mine who once said... About hanging off your cheekbones? Yeah, you did. Oh, silly. <laughs> really. I'll get the tea. I wander over to the bookshelf, and there's the camera. It's a Leica M3. I looked it up. I pick her up carefully and take a closer look. Beautiful. Heavy. Cold. Ah, oh, now, that was abandoned by my ex-lover when he fled to Morocco after a misunderstanding with a business partner. I turned up to the squat one day and he'd left everything except a change of clothes. So I took the camera, got the pictures developed and kept both my portraits and the Leica. Sweet. I meet Tanya in a cafe, partly because I can't stand another morning of positive affirmations and partly because I want to treat her. I get the coffees in and a chocolate muffin each. What's that for? Little treat. Why? No reason. I just reckon we deserve it. OK. Right, so come on. Show me these pictures. What pictures? The ones Angela's been raving on about. Oh, don't mind her. I could take a picture of my armpit and she'd give me a sticker. Ugh, 
Okay, fine. <laughs> They're really good. Tanya, oh, that one of the old lady. Agnes, yeah, she's a beauty, isn't she? Really good. I'm on Instagram now. <laughs> Got a bit of a following and all. <laughs> old Agnes doesn't even know how famous she is. Well, Patricia's pretty taken with you and all. Ah, oh, she's all right, she is. Makes a decent copper. Good reports all round. I'll be feeding that back. Right, how about these muffins? She takes a huge bite of her muffin and I grab a couple of shots. Oi! I've legit never seen you that excited. <laughs> you got it all down your... Oh, God. Have I? <laughs> I take a few more shots of her laughing and mopping up the chocolate. All right, that'll do, thank you. <clears throat> I'll be wanting copies of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look up and he's grinning at me two tables away. <laughs> Looks like you could do with another coffee to wash that down. Cute. Very cute. <laughs> Laptop, vintage leather briefcase, one if only in, one out. Jeans and shirt combo. Sensible shoes. Freelancer, I reckon. Go on, then. I'm Marcus. Sue. We sit for two hours talking. Two hours. Sober. In the daylight. Just talking. Hot. Agnes falls about laughing when I show her the pictures. <laughs> That's a good one, that is. Do one with my new hat. I oblige. And then get a great one of her laughing. <laughs> I'm going to put them up on Instagram, Agnes. Oh, love? Instagram. Yes, love. That's right. <laughs> I'm still fiddling with the filters on the photo when I open the door to the flat. I look up and he's there on the sofa. Except today, the arm is slightly too relaxed. And the smile is an almost perfect impression of a smile. And each movement's a well-practiced performance of normal. And I fall in. And I play my position because I want today to be like every other boring, clean, sober day we've had. I go to him and sit on the sofa and do the snuggling and the how was your daying, and I beg for this to be just another normal day. The problem is, once you've started recovery, proper, deep, skin-shedding recovery, that old skin just doesn't quite fit anymore. Those old lies you told yourself and that denying and pretending that was second nature most of your life just doesn't quite work. The new self-actualized Tanya knows it. I go to the kitchen, I catch my breath and try to get my head straight. Then I put my finger on it. He's calm, affectionate. He's also sated. All the itchiness, the edginess, the signs he was fighting the good fight are gone. I suddenly feel very, very horny. I go back into the living room and give him the look. He's floundering, trying to keep up. I straddle him on the sofa and kiss him hard. He kisses me back, hard, hard tongues, firm hands, nothing else. After a while, we stop. I'll be late for the meeting. He heads out. I sit for a moment. 
disappointed and delaying just a bit longer. And then I'm up, searching through everything. There was no smell on him. The pupils were normal size, but it was there. He was sated. It doesn't take long to get to the computer. He's hardly bothered to hide this stuff. Files and files and a rich history of pretty average porn. Not that weird necessarily, except the history shows the time. He was up at 3 a.m. watching a skinny young blonde with a bad manicure giving a man in a cowboy hat a blowjob. At 5.28 a.m. he was back to watch a MILF do it doggy style with a black man. Then again at 9.18, Good morning. Patrick. Let's start the day with me telling you a little story. There was once a precious little girl called Poppy. She had light brown hair, brown eyes and loved riding her bike. Poppy disappeared when she was six years old, right from outside her home. They looked far and wide but nobody could solve the mystery of where little Poppy went. There was also a big bad ogre called Schmatrick. Schmatrick was a nasty piece of work who had made a name for himself by smashing things up. Smashing up communities and grants, small businesses and hospitals. Anything good in his path would be obliterated. But whenever someone tried to warn us about Schmatrick, he would pretend to be just a harmless, clumsy oaf, falling about and smashing things by accident and making us all laugh. No one could stop him. And he grew meaner and fatter. And he had other ogre friends who went about smashing things up too. But then Operation Sycamore opened and all of Schmatrick's ogre friends started being arrested. It turned out that it wasn't just things that these ogres were smashing up, but people, people who couldn't fight back. And some of them, who were really brave, spoke up. And they told their stories, and finally the citizens started to listen. And Schmatrick scared. So he smashed up Operation Sycamore and he smashed up their stories and anyone who listened to or helped them. And the people laughed because they thought they were still watching a clown falling about and being silly. But some of the citizens had heard the stories and they knew the truth. And they started to come together and they found that when they all stood on each other's shoulders, they were as big and as scary as those ogres, and they started doing some smashing up of their own. Smashing up the lies and the pacts, the secret handshakes and the back scratches. Smashing up the silence and the secret places. For every broken soul, for every scared, silent one, and they promised they wouldn't stop smashing 
until they found Poppy. We meet on the south bank and walk all the way to Borough Market. He's really funny, but more importantly, he thinks I'm hilarious. <laughs> and before I know it, I'm telling him the story of Five Pints Beardy Man and Bum Cheek Gate, and he's doubled up, gasping for breath, wondering why on earth the guy never called me back. <laughs> and then we're sampling Spanish chorizo and organic brownies and sipping Australian coffee. <laughs> coffee turns into wine. Wine turns into dinner. And then I invite him back. He's cracking some joke as I open the door, so I put my tongue in his mouth to shut him up and lead him into the bedroom. And it just works, mm. like a good salsa dance. He asks what I like and how I like it, and I tell him, clearly, with instructions. Mm. Our movements and smell and speed coincide, and before I know it, I am coming in the name of Jesus himself and wishing I smoked. He came clean pretty quickly, sat me down and told me what had happened, how often and the help he was getting. He kept his voice low and calm, trying to prove it was all under control. But there was also relief that it was all out in the open, that he didn't have to hide it now. And relief that now the burden was shared. And I felt that burden. The weight of someone else's problem made mine. I felt the fist in my chest and the panic welling up. And this would be my life. Checking on him, having him report to me, worrying, obsessing, and watching my own plans disappear as I focus on keeping him clean. Listen here, you fucking Fuck. I'm not going anywhere. This time, you and your cronies, bloated with privilege and puffy and pink with power, are not getting away with it. What about Poppy? What about Poppy? Poppy, Poppy, Poppy. You sick, sick fuck. You disgusting piece of... Bastard. We hardly come up for air the whole weekend. It hurts to pee. My stomach aches from laughing and wailing with pleasure. He leaves late on Sunday and I lie in our sweaty sheets for a long time. So completely content that I can't imagine ever needing to move again. I check my phone and Tanya has sent the pic of me eating the muffin and a few sly ones I didn't realise she'd taken. I'm surprised by how much I like them. I see a likability in my face. A genuineness that I didn't realise I expressed so wantonly. A beauty and a sexiness. I flip the phone to camera and take a few shots of my messy, sated self. My lips swollen with kissing and sucking. My mascara perfectly smudged. My hair sex messed. A message comes through. Miss you already, Marcus. I send him a photo. 
and then another one, and then another one. 